Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam. And today with me, I have the one and only Will Kane and Adam Roth with Blueprint Training out of Worcester, United Kingdom. How are you guys? Good. Cold in the UK today, as we touched on before this. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, well, hey, like we said before, here's a to better springy days ahead, right? That's it, yeah. Get the open out of the way, and then let's get this uh, UK spring underway. There you go. Well, cool, guys. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day today to uh, have a conversation with us and learn all about what it is that you do. So let's do just that. Whether Adam or Will, whoever wants to go first, just go ahead and introduce yourselves talk about kind of like your passions and experiences and then how we uh we got into blueprint training awesome do you want me to go first Adzi? take it away go on because i am the oldest as everyone yeah. keeps reminding me now masters um yeah so my name's will kane um i've been i've sadly been in the fitness industry for like 20 years now um sounds terrible that i should be like I highly know. experienced um, yeah, I started off as a fitness instructor. Um, my mum got me the job um, just in the summer before I went to college. Um, <clears throat> then I went to college and studied in a diploma in sport and randomly uh, history and chemistry. Um, and then I uh, went to uni, studied sports science and development and came out of came out of uni and went straight into working for a health club. I actually remember I went to the interview and I didn't know what I'd, I'd applied for so many jobs. And I didn't even know what I was being there to be interviewed for, um, but it was for um, membership sales. So I was in the sales department. I'd already done sort of a lot of PT, uh, personal training at uni. Um, I've done my fitness instructing and group class or group exercise coaching. So I just wanted to experience like a different part of the fitness industry. And I still didn't really know what I wanted to do sort of as a career. It was just what I was always used to. Um, so yeah, I worked for sort of Virgin Active for around five years and then moved up to assistant general manager. Um, and I was sort of edging to go to sort of a regional role. And then I found CrossFit basically. Um, I've been, I was playing rugby at the time. I was introduced to it by my brother actually, who was using it for a training method, um, whilst he was playing rugby. And then, um, sort of co-opened a gym in Cheltenham where I live and then uh, shortly after maybe around 18 months after working there opened uh, what was actually called CrossFit West Mids and then we changed it to Bullpen Fitness and which has now today become the uh, the superb gym that is Blueprint Training so that's uh, me and I do a bit of CrossFit um, competing as well. Awesome love that we'll uh, there we go. see you Adam. Nice. Yeah, real. So um, a little bit, a little bit less um, time in the fitness industry, being a little bit younger. Uh, been about 10 years now since I've been coaching or having a job. Um, but for me, really, I always I swam and played rugby when I was a kid. And then when I went to uni to study physics and sports science, a joint honours degree, I again sort of got a lot more into training and found CrossFit there. So whilst I was still studying at uni, started to um coach with one of the other owners of the gym now mike um so we we started coaching crossfit and training crossfit while at uni for a good three years and then coming to the end of my degree it was a bit like right what do i do now do i go all into 
this passion of, of fitness and CrossFit or, you know, go and get a normal person job. So I actually moved out to the Middle East um, to Kuwait and worked there for a year coaching a gym, just gaining experience really and just um, coaching in like a completely different culture, which was really, really good, really insightful. Um, and then off the back of that, after a year, I was a bit like love coaching, but not so much living in the Middle East. So came back, moved to Worcester where um, Mike lived, the other owner of the gym and came here and then at the time um, started getting involved with coaching at what was then Bullpen Fitness um, and then probably you know a year into being here something like that we um, got involved with Will and then Fraser the other owner of the gym um, and basically decided to sort of you know amalgamate and make this um, new gym which is yeah blueprint training so that was what two we've been open now officially as blueprint training coming up on just over two years i think it is so um yeah, yeah. every time that's new to be open during or we anyway we we changed and rebranded and moved to new premises during covid so that was a little bit of a um challenge but yeah here we are now awesome i just love that sounds like uh quite the journey and quite the experiences as well yeah i think i think adzi like it's a similar situation i, I I don't know if you found it, but when I finished uni, I was just working in fitness. They always they wanted was experience, and there wasn't really much money working in sport. I was looking for jobs in sports development, and I just, I just found it really difficult. So it was I was just going with the flow, and like Adam said, just doing what my passion was. But it's that old cliche, you know, try and make sure you do something that you love, and it's I think sort of paying off nowadays rather than me just going to work for a job with more money. Um, in a sedentary role in an office I'm definitely pleased that I sort of back myself and even like Virgin was like quite a corporate company and I'm I'm pleased I left there everyone at the time was like oh no you can't leave there you know it's a good opportunity just starting so I, so I did take a pay cut at the start um, and it's a good couple of years until everything started coming together so um, yeah that was like a similar sort of situation for the two of us when we left uni yeah it's <clears throat> you know kudos because you know obviously the oftentimes you want to say that you know you when you first get into business it's not all sunshine and rainbows you're not gonna open up the business and all of a sudden start making you know six figures it's it's a a build build a better process you know yeah and that's and yeah it feels like um certainly in the fitness industry nowadays unless you're like a an elite athlete or someone with a big social media following then that's the only way you're going to get money um unless you have fingers in pies and in various other projects which is what i've sort of found basically yeah well what one more question before we get into the business side of things you know so both being you know adequate time in the fitness world and experience and things like that you know for, for either of you whoever wants to you know answer first or just answer in general you know how has <clears throat> being in the fitness industry and then also doing crossfit helped you kind of transition from employee to employer do you want to kick off ads yeah um yeah bro so i mean i guess yeah for me it was a strange i guess strange transition being only ever like a coach in a gym when i was out in kuwait and when i was at uni and then coming into um the gym that was bullpen at the time so will actually being my my employer at that time right um then sort of i guess it is just the case of when you're 
in that situation, trying to learn from people and trying to gain experience from people that have, you know, um, more expertise than you. So that when you make that transition and, you know, start actually employing people or being someone's boss, it's a case of you have things to, I guess, fall back on from experiences that you're, you, when you're, when you're learning from different people. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think my career has sort of been like real sort of roller coaster in terms of, I started off with lots of coaching and then I started playing more rugby. So it took more of a back seat. Then when I finished it, I was more involved with the sort of management side of gyms. Then when I found CrossFit, I was kind of coaching and competing. So they were sort of alongside each other, but then there was a period where my coaching went right down um, and I was really focusing on sort of competing. And then it sort of, I had a good balance between sort of coaching, competing family and work life. Um, and I suppose now it's probably down the the, the end of, um, you know, coaching in a gym. Um, it's, it's certainly a lot less. I certainly do a lot more. I'm able to train a lot more. And because we both have online businesses, my sort of focus has shifted from from coaching in gyms to, um, to, to, to coaching people online. And like Adzi said, yeah, it's like a, a weird transition when when you own the business compared to when you're just a manager of someone, I think you treat them so much differently. And that sort of leads us in, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, that why we linked up with the guys um, to create Blueprint because we sort of wanted, I've always found that if the owners are all in it together and having to coach, they're just so much more passionate. I've, I've struggled personally in the past when we've potentially employed people and they've been great coaches, but there's never that 100% drive to sign people up um you know and we try to incentivize people with like commission and stuff but i think we've we've got the excuse the pun blueprint right now with the the team that we've got and then how we how we've created the team that we've got today i love that good experiences it's always oftentimes you know fun to ask you know <clears throat> being on the 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 being an employer or employee side of things you know you think back to how you were treated you know, what the expectations were and, you know, the work ethic and then being on the flip side of it, where now you're seeing the other people working and what you want to expect out of them, things like that. So appreciate the answer. Um, all right, guys. So let's kind of dive into the business side of things. You know, how big is Blueprint Training and about how many members do you guys have currently? Go on, Adzi, you're the stats, man. Good. Uh, so right now, mem member-wise, we're around the... Um, 185 mark for group coaching clients so all our classes being crossfit are 10 to 12 max we've actually just had to open up our class sizes a little bit more because of um you know gaining members and wanting to be able to give people the opportunity to train um as much as they want so yeah we've got around the one at 185 members at the market moment in terms of space we've got actual ground floor space of um i think it's about 8,000 square foot, something like that. And we have upstairs offices, physio room, um, and a little small like PT studio as well. So we've got, um, yeah, quite, quite a good amount of space for um, the size we have. Yes, it's pretty, pretty unique building. Um, yeah. Do you want a little bit of history behind it, Adam, about how we, uh, how we came about? Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. You know, how, how did you acquire this? Yeah, so I mean, we've we've actually had four locations now. So we started way back, I think it was maybe 2012, 11, something like that. We had like a little warehouse, really cold. There was like holes in it. 
and we moved upstairs and we had like an old gymnastics um, hall where we weren't allowed to drop. Well, we, we did drop the weights, but they were literally nearly coming through the building below us. Then we moved down um, in the same unit as well. So we've had three units in the same industrial site um, to our old unit, uh, which was okay. It was the best of the three, um, but it just wasn't um, sort of how we want it to be. It wasn't as hot as, as um, what am I trying to say in terms of the, the finish wasn't where we, where we needed and wanted it to be. And then one of our uh, members works in construction, um, Rob and Chris Matthews, um, and they just uh, sort of throw away comments that I oh, will build you a gym. And then um, we said, oh, OK. And then they said, yeah, literally, there's some land that we've seen. We can buy the land if you guys don't want the gym. We can. Um, we, yeah, I'm sure they'd have had another use for it. But, you know, they went ahead and got the land. And then we found ourselves sat with architects and the guys were, were joining us. And we were all talking about linking, linking up with our services then. So initially, uh, just it was me and myself and Fraser, first of all, and I can see alluded to he he done some coaching with Mikey and Harry um, down at our place. And they were, they were really great at what they did. Um, and it wasn't like me and Fraser just wanted to sort of not be involved and just give the gym away. We just like got on with the guys and wanted to work with them. And um, and I think we still we still work really well today as a team. Um, and yeah, anyway, going back to the, the gym uh, and then they built it, basically. Uh, and they started building the gym. Um, as Adam alluded to, we uh, we sort of hit COVID, the pandemic hit as we were sort of finishing with the gym at the old place, which was a bit of a nightmare. So I think we've done it the hard way. We opened, when did we open, Adzi? Was it um, November 2020? Yes, yeah. That's when our official open day was. So we in the UK had a lockdown. We came out of the lockdown, opened the gym for about a month and then went back into oh, yeah. another lockdown. So when, yeah, it was a bit of an interesting time, that was for sure. Yeah. So we had like a pre-sale month of, you know, all of our current members and then potential new members, but there was loads of restrictions and then we closed again. But Luckily, um, I think we got the promotion right on on our Instagram and our mailing lists and our word of mouth, and and we've been been growing ever since, basically. Excellent, that's amazing. So, <clears throat> to help me understand, Blueprint Training, there's to this point, there's four total studios, or that was just kind of like the precursor to like where Blueprint is now. Do you want to go out? Yeah, yes, yeah, so we had so we had four previous units that were basically like each time almost like um just growing and sort of like expanding in each one of those locations. So getting slightly bigger, slightly nicer, slightly bigger, slightly nicer. And then this is sort of, I guess, um, say the final move. You know, you never know where the future is going to take us. But when we sort of moved into this space, it was very much to be somewhere that we could see as like a long, long term. You know, unit never the idea of, oh, we're going to have to move again in a few years' time when we've grown. It's, yeah. We've got the potential to have, you know, a lot more members than we do now still. So this is hopefully somewhere we can keep for yeah, a long time. Yeah, I think a lot of them, um, we, we were just the same as everyone else, certainly in the UK. I'm not sure about um, the US. They tend to be, from my experience, the gyms tend to be a bit nicer, the CrossFit boxes in the in the US um like in the uk what i've experienced bar a few they tend to be a lot more spit and sawdust sort of gyms um uh, a lot lower cost in terms of the rental value um and that helps helps us get along but yeah like like adam alluded to and i'm sure you can see on our, our website and instagram this building's like really smart like the guys that built it for us were you know got it perfect we wanted like a high-end gym feel as a crossfit gym 
Um, and we also, because we both, um, as um, myself and Fraser and the three guys have other business, businesses, it's almost like a headquarters for us. So we have our own offices. Those guys have their studio. We have physio rooms um, that, we, that we let out as well. And we've got a big gym space. So it's kind of like a big hub for everything. And we have a lot of people come to us um, for hiring it out and doing events as well, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So that, that thank you for clarifying that. that makes sense. This is kind of like the, the cream of the crop right here. It's like the big location. You've got multiple, you know, offices and other things going on. And then you also love the space. Hmm. Love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. And I think you've got to have that, right? Like in, in our experience, when we just had, when we just had a gym and just standard classes, there's, I think that there is potentially going to be a ceiling. There's only going to be a certain amount of people you can cram in. And if it's just one dimensional, um, then I think you, you can struggle if someone doesn't like it. Whereas we wanted to try and have a product that we had sort of lower skill classes. We have weightlifting, we have a small group personal training area. So it's not just CrossFit that we, that we offer because we understand that that can sometimes be a bit, um, intimidating for some people. So I think we've got a good, um, a good mix Excellent. Love that for you guys. Um, so let's kind of dive in, you know, uh, before we talk about, you know, like leads and some things like that, what, you know, again, you've been in, been in the industry for a little while now, what's, you know, what, what's the big goal for you guys, you know, moving in for the rest of this year and, you know, maybe the next year to come. Yeah, great. I mean, right, right now, I think for, we, in the last few months, we've done really well at generating a lot more leads and new members. So I think for us, the goal of um, the rest of the year is, well, number one, continue to obviously provide for our members what we do now, make sure they're, they're happy. We want to make sure that, you know, everything we do as our membership base increases is still keeping keeping the members happy, um, not just filling to capacity and then, you know, everyone being maybe, maybe struggling with things. Um, but then our goal this year is to try and... Um, past 200 members hopefully in the next few months and then if we can do that early in the year um set a new target for where we want to be um by by sort of december time yeah yeah i think that's yeah that's pretty much where we want to be certainly smashing through that 200 and it's different as well like um in in london you'll probably find that that 200 mark for members is 400 so I think 200 in terms of my experience in the gyms, maybe where I live, like in Cheltenham and Gloucester and back at home, like 200 is a good number. Um, it's pretty, pretty sustainable. Everyone's getting paid. Um, you can start looking at dividends as well because it's not all sort of, um, you know, rainbows in terms of making loads of money for gyms. You know, it's hard, man. Like you have to, to be a successful gym. I think you either, you've got to be obviously have an amazing product or multiple locations. It's not just, you're going to make loads of money instantly. You've got to, you've got to get it right and work hard at it. And I think we're, we're finally turning the corner because it was a big investment, right? The, the building's like a million pound building that we've got. So um, there's a lot of, lot of um, investment that went into that. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, the more you fill, fill the gym, but also maximize inside the gym, then, you know, that return is going to come back. Yeah. So, you, you kind of, in, in a way, answered my next question that I wanted to ask, you know, but, you know, I was, I was going to say, why just 200 members? Where do you guys think, while maintaining quality operation, obviously, keep you know, keeping that in mind, but, you know, why just 200? Why, where, where, realistically, do you think both of you could take the facility? Obviously, 8,000 square feet, in my mind, I see that there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, growth, um, you know, is... is 
200 just like the the comfortable number or could realistically sustain you know 250 300 350 yeah no i think i think for us now it's a case of like you like you say wanting to make sure that our products and what we offer is still you know really good we are in a situation where we because of like will um mainly when we first started being a competitor in the crossfit scene we have a lot of members here who like to come and not just do the group classes but do their own thing as well so we provide like an open gym space throughout the day and in the evenings too so it's a case of as soon as we start surpassing you know well past that 200 mark then it's a case of you know we don't want to increase our class cap much beyond 12 because what i found from my experience in coaching is as soon as you go past that sort of like one coach to 12 people you start to dilute that product a little bit in an hour you can only get through so many people you can only give so, so many people um like like cues in that and you want them to feel like every person who comes to a class is getting a really good service and a really good hour so i think we're reluctant to push those numbers up then it's a case of looking at obviously adding in more classes but then still being able to offer our open gym service to other people so i think in terms of where we could where we could take the gym for a pure capacity standpoint if we were just doing um classes and nothing else we have the ability to run two classes at once um, we'd be able to feel a capacity of probably over 300 members in terms of how many we actually had in the gym. But it's a case of finding that balance between, yeah. you know, just the just the full gym for the sake of it and um, maximizing what we can actually offer everyone. Yeah, I think yeah. Just following on from what Adam said, like when we spoke about it, we have a, we have a team meeting every Tuesday where we sort of go through these nice problems to have. It's nice to have people on a waiting list and have busy classes, but. We kind of like at some point, you know, we were looking at the week and some of the classes were full every evening. So we have 5.15, 6.15, 7.15, and they were had like, I think that like Adam said, the cap was, was it 10 at the moment, Adzi, and we've increased it to 12? Yeah, yeah, we've increased yeah. yeah. So, you know, if we start going towards 15 on one side, we have basically the rig in the middle of the gym, and then we have an open gym area and then a, uh, a class area. But sometimes that is two classes for example we run a weightlifting class and a crossfit class occasionally or a gymnastics class and a crossfit class um yeah so we've definitely got scope to increase more classes um in terms of earlier or potentially later so like a 415 or an 815 and we've got a chance to have classes on the other side of the rig but like Adam uh, alluded to, we've got quite a, a good group of open gym members at the moment who have been with us from the start. They're sort of foundation members so are always trying to keep those happy and involved and, and make sure we're not just dictating when they train. Uh, but it's certainly a yeah, tricky, tricky thing. It probably would be best if we had like a separate area, um, like um, there's buildings next to us and we've, we've spoke about, you know, potentially knocking through or, or having the other building and stuff or, um, it's difficult, right? Like, yeah, in an ideal world, because we thought this gym would be big enough. We thought this would be, you know, with with this space that we've got and how we set it out. Um, but yeah, so that, that's why I think it's important to to have other areas or other aspects of the gym that we can sort of make profit and, and make money from um, via letting the areas out or putting on events or having, having coaches rent PT space off us and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what we can dive into that a little bit, you know, later on, as far as, you know, maybe like multiple locations rather than, you know, just expanding into a bigger location. Um, but, you know, walk us through kind of like, you know, how, where did the, the bulk of your leads come from? 
Well, I mean, well, in this new gym, um, as as Blueprint, we very fortunate to be able to keep a large number of members from bullpen who have been, you know, been been at the gym for a long time. Um, so we managed to keep a large bulk of them when we moved to this new space, even though we, you know, increased our prices a little bit with the nature of, of the move. Um, but then now we're in this new space, we definitely get the majority of our leads through word of mouth. I think that's the case yeah. with CrossFit in general. Um, any any location you're in, whether it's in a city or like a small town, it's very much people um, talking to their friends, talking to their families and sort of um, going from there. So we have like a uh, retention program, sorry, a referral program where we you know offer people discounts on their memberships if they're refer, refer members. Um, we do do Instagram like marketing, but not so much paid ads. It's more a case of we um, just, again, try and get sort of user generated content from our current members to repost us on their stories and stuff like that on Instagram. That definitely is where we get a lot of our, a lot of our members from. Um, and then just on, on like Google reviews and stuff like that at the end of the day too, like having quite good Google reviews and being one of the few CrossFit gyms, well, one of only two CrossFit gyms in Worcester itself um, obviously helps as well, because I think for us by affiliating to CrossFit, you do, get that um you know people want to do crossfit and then they search us up they find us so it's not just another gym they know what we offer as a service and that does definitely help to attract and generate leads too yeah i think i think yeah following on from that adam um when we first started like i said i had a background in sort of sales and marketing but to be fair in the in sort of crossfit industry i haven't really had to use it that much like it there's sort of research on leaflet dropping is like a one percent yield that's never really worked when we've done it so virgin was like this big sales machine we had like five member uh five thousand memberships um at this gym and they were, we were probably signing up around 100 to 150 people a month and then but we were probably losing maybe around 50 to 100 so there's always like a net gain of say 50 yeah. people which was which is pretty huge um you know crossfit gyms is probably net gain of if you're doing well like 10 to 15 maybe 10 to 20 on a good month um dependent on where you're at with the gym but sort of my advice would be to anyone that's starting is like stay within your means like we started i remember when myself and fraser opened the gym we put in like two grand each we got like a few rowers few bars few wall balls matted um and had a our mate bit like weld as a rig together and then we've sort of grown as our membership base has grown and the sort of only the only time that we've had sort of big investment where it's been like right if this doesn't work we are in debt is uh, with blueprint um but i think even now like we've we had we had a couple of um loans i'm sure allowed to talk about that but they're going to be gone in the, in about uh 2 years so we'll be a lot in a lot better position then a lot more comfortable and we've got some good deals on all of our kit i remember at the time we were always um pretty ruthless in, in terms of trying to get the best deal in terms of kit for the gym so we wouldn't just settle for the, the sort of highest price we'd always be like no you can you can really make a lot of money and also at the time we sold a lot of the kit from the old gym in covid when the prices were really high so that helped <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah a, a lot of gym owners will say the same thing about that too you know covid was kind of a a blessing in disguise but also you know not necessarily a blessing but but yeah and, and i sort of went off on a tangent then but in terms of supporting what adam says like yeah we are very lucky that i think that the sales 
we don't have to do a lot of sort of proactive sales. A lot of our uh, members are sort of from reactive members sort of sharing our stuff or talking to their friends. We have a good referral scheme. The gym looks cool. It's a nice warm environment. So the old, what's the old phrase? Build, build and they will come. Um, it's pretty that's much right. what we've done pretty much. So there you go. Yes, that's awesome. Build it and they shall come. <laughs> Gladiator, um, isn't it? Yes. Uh, well, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, as far as like, you know, from like a number standpoint, you know, on a, let's say, weekly or monthly basis about how many new leads that aren't members walk in your facility, you know, through whatever marketing they heard, um, you know, what, what would you say that number would be like? So the last, last couple of months through um, January and February, it's probably been an average of new, we, we basically do free trials is the way we get a lot of our uh, members to come in. So free trial class, definitely say for, through January and February, probably been upwards of 20, 25 and both in, in those months coming in free trials. So we've had some really good um, interest through that. I think that's always, you know, a case of new year, everyone wanting to get into that um, hype. So for now, for us, a big part about what we do is making sure that those new members that come in for free trials, one, we obviously try and convert them to actual members, but then two, we actually make sure that they're, you know, long-term members, not just, oh, I'm here for a month or two and then I'm off. Um, but yeah, last couple of months, probably around 20 to 25 a month, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think that's been our best um, uh, means of getting people to feel out the gym. Uh, again, going back to previous work, like a free trial or a week's pass was definitely, they definitely create the hottest leads. Um, and for us, like we can sit down and have this face-to-face -face conversation about telling everyone how amazing CrossFit is and how good the community is. But you know, it's very easy when someone messages on emails, just come in, try the facility. That is our best way of um, selling what we do to you, you know, come and try it for free, come and experience it. And then we will, we'll obviously chat to them and keep in touch and, and hopefully get them signed up um, beyond that. Yeah, absolutely. And then through, you know, the, the 20 to 25 a month, um, if you guys are comfortable, you know, about how many, of those 20 to 25 are converting up into members yeah in terms of in terms of full members i would say we like that's the good thing about crossfit and the good thing about our space and the coaches that we employ here they are very good at what they do so um that conversion rate is very very high i would say off the top of my head i don't have have the numbers but um, in terms of people that I've seen or know that kind of free trials and joined, it would definitely be upwards of 90% that end up converting into actual members. Because once they're in, once they experience CrossFit like class um, and the environment, they they do they do love it. That's definitely always been our thing is like, if we can get them through the door, 90% of the time we'll get members. It's just initially getting, getting those people through the door that is always a challenge. Yeah. Right. And it's it's never sort of had to really be like a hard sell as well we've never done that i've experienced that in the past and it's like very awkward um but yeah like adam said like and i think i alluded to previous like previously like coaches have been great but i now know and i get we get well, we'll get messages from our coaches and this person wants to join i've given them this information so our coaching team now are sort of really invested they know that if the business is doing well, then they're going to keep benefiting. There's potentially going to be more opportunities for them. Um, and yeah, like you know, just, just confirm what Adam said as well. Like our free trials pretty much convert. There's a, there's a good chain. Like we use Wattify. 
So people have to sign up and sign all their forms and health forms when they book a trial anyway. So then the next process for when they sign up to a membership is pretty easy. Um, it's quite often, and because and a lot of communication nowadays, like a lot of people message on our email, but we've always, we're not a CrossFit gym that's just open through the classes. We're actually a facility that's open from 6 a.m. till 8, 8.30 p.m. every every day. So people can just come and drop in as well. Um, so that's, I think, um, a big plus for for potential new members as well. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, it makes it nice because it sounds like there's not a lot of repeat form things that have to like, oh, I have to refill out all of this stuff. It's like kind of, you already have the basics and then you just have to do a couple extra things and then boom, they're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. yeah. And it's like when we used to have um, a lot of gyms run sort of foundations or on-ramp classes. Um, we, we sort of stopped that a few years ago. Um, main reason being we, we were just sort of confident in our coaching ability that if we did have a class of someone that was sort of quite elite or quite experienced with exercise, the coaches are good enough to be able to give them enough time and give a new and experienced member time as well. Um, but we do run beginners. We found beginners courses or beginners classes once a month. Um, so we we run at the end of uh, every month, last Sunday of every month, we run a beginners class where we offer a discount for members joining based on them coming to that session. And they've worked great because everyone is sort of in the same boat. They're all beginners and they're like, yeah, let's, let's sign up and, and get on this journey together. So that's been, we've, we've sometimes got like what, seven people signed up in one session of yeah. those ads, seven to 10 people. So, so that's been great. Awesome guys. Love that. And then touching a little bit on, you know, it, from what it sounds like, you know, the, the retention of the members is pretty high. You know, do, do you guys feel that, you know, for the most part, you guys have a lot of long-term standing members. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Majority of our members definitely join and, and stay for the foreseeable. I'd say the majority of the members that we do have that are leaving, it's down to um, people moving away, changing job, changing, changing location, things like that. It's, it's um, very rarely someone leaving because they're, you know, not happy with the service. I actually, you know, yeah. don't know when the last time that happened was it's very much. Yeah. If they're here, um, the community that we create is very much a case of, you know, you know, you know who you come into class with, you end up getting really good friends with um, other members. So it's a, yeah, they force you to stay. Yeah. I think we're very lucky. Like we've, I mean, yeah, we, we've had to like build the community and I suppose we have a hand in, um, have a hand in that and we've made the community what it is, but certainly our members, we feel like they're, you know, it's not like a virgin when it was just like a conveyor belt of members where people would just join and leave. We talked about that, that big joining figure, but also a big leaving figure as well. Um, we, when people join, they do tend to become part of the community. They're sort of more than a member and they were very invested in, um, we had a lot of polls and a lot of um, conversation with members. We could have just been you know, full corporate and just said, you know, we're going to do this, do that. This is what the prices were. This is what the equipment is. But I think we've definitely gone the right way and listened to our members and we have um is it we do jot forms a lot adsy right so we ask um, we ask opinions and we have like member feedback quite often i think there is a fine balance like adam uh, alluded to as well to like yes being friends with members but then we had we had a, a situation where we we basically have members messaging us personally like on instagram or facebook or talking to us and then things that get lost in translation so I think now is we've got a nice balance, which um, 
Um, it probably came when the, you guys come on. Me and Fraser were very busy. So that was a, a good thing linking with the guy saying, look, we need to have just an email stream of conversation with a member rather than all these different channels. And I think that's that's worked really well. It hasn't sort of set us apart. It's just said, look, yeah, we, we're still friends, but we, we have to be professional in terms of um, how we communicate with you guys. Awesome. So few few last things here as we get close to, to wrapping it up. Um, you know, we talked about, you know, you want to surpass that 200 member mark and things like that to, you know, kind of really maximize what's going on inside the studio. And then whatever happens from there, you know, is the next move. You know, what what's currently in place to kind of not jumpstart because it sounds like you guys already jumpstarted, but what's kind of in place to keep the growth going right now? You know, what what types of things have you done differently or implemented recently that are really driving that growth factor? Yeah. So um, to be honest, since the new year, we haven't made any, you know, dramatic changes. I think again, because we pride ourselves on the service we offer. And I think that's where, you know, we continue to do that. That's where the referrals come from. That referral program does help us generate our leads. And then our, like we were saying, our monthly um, beginners is always sort of um, getting filled with people who are always coming to that. So we don't actually have anything, you know, directly in place. Like I said before, we've tried Instagram marketing and stuff like that. But it's never really worked massively for us or yeah. it works but never never been a massive difference between what we do anyway so it's almost like we're spending this money to generate leads that were coming into us um anyway and a lot of the time we find that those leads that are generated from something like instagram or like facebook marketing maybe because they don't have that person bringing them into the gym they're then a little bit they're not as hot of a lead and they're more likely to say, no, this isn't for me. I'm leaving. Yeah. Whereas when someone's bringing in their best mate or their neighbor or their girlfriend, wherever it is, they have that little bit more of a buy-in. Yeah. I, th I think for me personally, I think there was still a big, I'm not sure if you found it, Adam, as well with like your roles, but I think there was still certainly a hangover from COVID um, in terms of people maybe feeling apprehensive to go out. Maybe they, they really fell into that sedentary lifestyle from having to work at home. And I, I think, I actually think we felt that for like nine months after everything sort of really relaxed, probably early 2022, I think the last time um, there was a lockdown. Um, so I think back end of last year, we sort of really saw things pick up and was like, right, it's over now, the pandemic. Then in the UK, we had sort of like a cost of living crisis um, where everything's sort of gone up and now we're sort of been battling with that. But I think because we are quite a high price point, maybe we maybe those people aren't as affected a, a, as much. Um, but yeah, I think we're very lucky at the gym. We have um, a lot of good athletes at the gym as well. So we do, we're always present at big competitions like the guys have, have been to the games before and we're always striving to to get to those big competitions we all were in miami recently so we're, we're never short of content um and as i said earlier in terms of we, we try and do events like we work with noco quite a lot um we work with um, there's a guy in our basically a lot of people want to hire the gym out to use it because it looks cool and it is sort of like there's this there's a one in london um which which looks cool and it's in um in the center of london with like neon lights and stuff but i think we're we're certainly like a famous gym and we're lucky from that point in terms of what we've built um it's it's, it's definitely i think paying off but so in terms of like what we do 
um what we're doing different yeah like adam said we're not a huge amount i just think people are now ready to to get out more and, and go and join a gym basically and hopefully it will long may it continue i think as long as we're motivated as coaches and owners and athletes people will always be, see feed off our motivation so we'll always have those those guys joining and wanting to be part of it yeah i absolutely love you know if, if it's uh if it's not broke don't fix it yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure i'm sure we can um because we've got other businesses as well and we, we're not sort of showing that we're desperate for people to join obviously we want you know, the more the merrier and stuff but yeah. we're not just we're not throwing all of our time into it so i think that can sometimes come across if you see some gym owners who who's literally some their livelihood is based upon how the gym performs it can you can maybe see those tough days but because we we have maybe other successful businesses and there's, there's a, a a big amount of us as well there's five owners um we're, we're quite relaxed and happy growing steadily rather than having to have like a deadline because we paid thousands and thousands on kit it's it's not as pressured i think so i think that really helps as well yeah no it, it definitely does you know if not all your eggs in one basket yeah yeah 100 percent. excellent guys uh well cool last couple of things for you um you know uh obviously the the other owners are not on but are, are so one off question, you know, are you two, is, is each owner equally invest invested as far as like responsibilities and roles, or are there others that kind of like handle more things than the other one does? Like is one, like maybe just like an investor or is it, everybody put in a piece of the pie? Are you raising your eyes ads because you want me to say, yeah, Adam, you do everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, go on. I'll let you take that one, Adzi, because you you are the uh, you you du you dubbed yourself operations director, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Self self appointed. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> no, in terms of right now, so one of our one of our directors, um, Fraser, he definitely takes more of a backseat role. He doesn't um, do any coaching in the gym. Very and lazy. Very lazy. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so he he very much now is focusing more on his other business, but is more you know like a silent partner. But then when we do have these you know big decisions to make as a as a gym um, and as owners, he is very much still involved in that because you know we want everyone to be um, happy. Um, Will doesn't currently do any coaching, but again, he's he's more a bit more um, involved. Phrase on a weekly basis, like we say with our um, directors' meetings, and then myself, Harry, and Mike still coach in the gym. Um, and maybe take more of a managerial role of our current coaches that we have, like, um, cause we're just on the floor a little bit more, but yeah, myself, Harry, Mike, and Will very much equal in terms of what we do when we sit down and try and distribute our, our workload, because we are all equally invested in how much we want the business to grow. So yeah. Excellent. Love it. Thanks for that, that clarification. That makes a lot, uh, or it makes, you know, total sense. Um, well, last couple of things for you guys, you know, so always like to ask this towards the end of the show is, you know, if there's somebody out there that's looking to open up their own fitness entrepreneurship, you know, whether it's CrossFit, whether it's just a regular, you know, big box gym, whether it's group fitness of some sorts, you know, what words of advice would you give somebody that's looking to start their own fitness endeavor? Go on, Adzi, you, you can start because um, I'll just expand on what you say. Yeah, well, I think, I think for me, from experience now, it's a case of there's never going to be like a right time. I think people always think, oh, I, you know, I need to wait until I've maybe got this much money saved up or I have this time or this, you know, job comes to an end. And I think 
you know, when it is a passion and something you really enjoy and something you really want to do that, um, yeah, there's, there's no point sort of waiting. It's take that leap and trust that, yeah, of course, those first, that first year, two years might be tough or might be a challenge. But if you, you know, have um, solid foundation of what you want to do and what you want to offer and you've got experience and, you know, knowledge in your, in your craft, it's a case of, um, yeah, don't, don't wait until everything's perfect. It's never going to feel like that. And even when stuff, and times are are tough and challenging as you're starting out because it always happens and it still does happen for us right we still have challenging times when you know unexpected bills come through or whatever it is again it's when you have a passion for what you do and you really enjoy your work um you know it's it's a lot easier to get through those shitty shitty times excuse my language yeah yeah i think um for me it's definitely um sharing the load I've, I've i've been asked this question quite a few times from people just randomly online any advice for starting a gym and and sort of you know obviously you've got to have passion and you want to you want to um it needs to be part of what you want to do for for a living basically i think because you, you have got to live it like i do this not because i want to make millions of pounds because it is a passion of mine i can it gives me the ability to have a nice lifestyle like i enjoy being in the gym environment i enjoy seeing still people getting that first muscle up members still joining and saying oh my god i wish i'd have found crossfit years ago um but i, I think share the load i've always said to try and start the gym um with with other people because if you're having a down day your friend might have a a positive day and then i, I always think you know, if we've always got a meeting and there's something that I'm worried about or there's, that's not gone well, like Adam said, or um, we need help with, I've got four other guys that, that can give me an opinion on that. Um, so I, I definitely think it's beneficial launching a gym with other people because I've seen people that have done it themselves and off the top of my head, an, an individual opening and running successful gyms or um, locations is, is quite rare, actually. Um, so I think um, having a good uh, team around you and also like I alluded to earlier don't start too big if you start too big and you've invested all this money and you're not getting the members that you need then you're going to really struggle man like unless you've got capital to just throw away or investment to throw away I think you've definitely got to grow with your with your members as probably any you know any successful business would do it's one of them, you could also have one of them cliches, I'll oh, make sure you've got like a 10 year goal. I don't think at the moment we have because we have we have other businesses that we're involved in. Um, but I think we're because we enjoy doing it and it's our day to day and we are passionate about it. It's successful and it works. So, um, yeah, there are the few tips from me. Excellent, guys. Appreciate that. Last but not least is, you know, give a shout out of your facility. How can people listening on air or just, you know, anybody that hears this, how can they reach out to your facility, whether it's a Facebook, a website? Go on, Willie. Yeah, so um, our Instagram is where we post a lot of our content in terms of competitions or events or member successes, testimonials, pictures or whatnot. Friday Night Lights as we're going to be uh, having tonight this evening um uh our website as well um just i always get it wrong as it's um blueprinttraining.org that's it that's the one that's .org and so that's where you can find out all of our membership details um and various descriptions about the classes and stuff so yeah we're yet to do a youtube um page yet maybe that will come come one day um but 
Yeah, we, um, but yeah, Instagram and uh, our website are the main points of contact, basically. Excellent. Well, awesome, guys. Well, appreciate the time on the show today. Um, for everybody else out there listening, go check out their gym. Sounds like they got a lot of cool things going on. And uh, the building itself looks like it's kind of like an icon in a way. Um, and then most importantly, if this story inspired you in any way that you want to come on the show and share your perspective, feel free to click on the link below, type in all your information. And we'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Launch Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily. And joining us on this show is Jake from Dement Brother Boxing Club out of Louisiana. What's going on, Jake? How are you doing today? Doing good. Happy to be here. I'm like, thank you. You are welcome. Now, you know, we're really excited to have you on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run the Mint Brother Boxing Club, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Okay. The uh, Mint Brothers Boxing Club is a registered nonprofit. We operate out of Bossier City, Louisiana. Uh, which is where my family's from, the DeMint family. Uh, in this area is a boxing family. And I was born into my grandfather. Uh, is in the Sports Hall of Fame for his contributions to boxing. And then my father and his brothers were national champions. And my dad was an Olympian. So as a little guy, I was kind of just in the world of boxing. And um, coming up, I did all kinds of things. I trained and I played soccer. I ended up becoming a soccer coach. Uh, through high school, I coached uh, youth soccer, and then I started to box, and then I ended up crossing over to being a boxing coach later on, uh, like when I turned 30. So I'm 44 now. Uh, like I said, I was born into boxing, and once I stepped away from it, I, I kind of realized how special it was. And then once I found my love for coaching and, and seeing, you know, co competing through other people and helping other people, um, I took a lot of satisfaction in that. I started to volunteer for a long time and hold uh, seminars and camps out in the street and things like that. And then eventually uh, my wife encouraged me to open my own gym, which I did. So that's kind of how we got started in 2010. Okay. Oh, 10, yeah, 10 years ago. So you guys are 13, 14 years in the game. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, and I officially got my USA Boxing 10-year chip, which means I've been a registered coach with a registered club for 10 straight years. It took me three years to get everything registered through USA Boxing because I didn't understand that. I thought at first that you could just take people to shows and, and they could box, but everything is done through um, USA Boxing and insured and Everything is, you know, just for safety reasons. When you're when you're dealing with boxing, you have to be very careful. No one gets hurt, especially dealing with children. That's a priority. And uh, so, all of our things and events are sanctioned through USA Boxing. Our club is covered that way. So, yeah. 
So tell us a little bit more about the services that you offer. Cause I know that you also have like everything for the kids. Do you also have service for the general population too? Just like more fitness based? For sure. So we have like a, a time window that we're open throughout the week and people come in and they're working on a bell. So the bell is like three minute round and each activity they're going to do for three, three minute rounds, starting with jump rope, shadow box, doing three rounds of each bag work, mid work. And once they get to a level that they can spar, that adds to it. Now, some people don't spar. Some people are, they have ailments or they're beginners or they're elderly. We have a mixture of all those people trained together, which kind of makes for a fun community because everyone's cheering each other on. Mm-hmm. We have, we have, you know, an 85 year old guy who's an ex-Marine working out next to a, you know, a 10 year old, 75, 75 pound kid. And it just, it makes for a great environment and everyone's um, learning from each other. We usually turn the music up real loud and everyone gets to work and they know what to do, throw their bag on the rack, wrap their hands and get to work. And when everyone's in there jumping rope, if you can imagine the sound of 20 people jumping rope at the same time is the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And then me and the coaches will just sit on the ring, get ready for practice and listen to everyone jump rope. And you know, it's about to happen. You know, what's going on and it just builds energy. And uh, that's, that's kind of, of course, passion is important, but passion without intelligence or passion without drive is, is really nothing. So you have to, you have to, to build into that. So I imagine that there's people out there that want to learn about what it's like to open a gym or a boxing club. And uh, I have a a couple of ideas as far as I have my first sponsor. The first person that ever did anything for us was Strawn's. It's a little eat shop. But let me me ask you this. So when it comes to a nonprofit, just so there, we have a little bit more context around that. Yeah. How do you make money, create revenue? Right. So we take we take donations from our members and we take donations from the community around us. So um, we train firemen and policemen for free. We have give discount to the military and we're right by an Air Force base. So we get a lot of guys over from Barksdale Air Force Base and uh, we give those type of discounts to bring them in. And then as I network and get to know them, say that you came to the gym. I would tell you that, you know, we ask for a hundred dollar donation, but if you know of anyone who owns a business who wouldn't mind donating for you, you can get more of your uh, dues covered by doing a larger donation. So it encourages members to outsource the donations for me. So if you come in to train at my gym, you might know two or three guys that writing a $250 donation is nothing. And some people even more. So as I bring you into the gym and work with you, I get to know you. And um, either you can pay a hundred dollar donation or you can pay more. You can, you can help us find a donation. And then in some cases, uh, some of the kids clean the gym, you know, that's how they, they contribute. We keep a nice clean gym by a lot of those kids who can't afford dues. They help out afterwards, you know, grab a mop, everyone cleans up. So when it comes to the donations, is this like on a, like a recurring uh, monthly thing or is it just kind of based off of, that's what that person decides. So what you're talking about is a, um, is a, it's not a donation. It's a, um, or it's just when you have an ongoing sponsor, it's called, I forgot the name for it. 
it'll come to me in just a second. But uh, yeah, usually it's by event. So I, I do it. I do these events in the community. We do like um, we have one coming up April first, and I put out banners and I put out you know sponsor stuff at the event where we have a boxing match. Um, so for each event. Uh, I'll have like belt sponsors, ring sponsors, uh, different packages, and I just do it per event. Um, I, I do have a, a running thing where businesses can sponsor a kid at any time during the year. So I have like a $2,000 sponsor that can give for a kid that you can give to a kid that will cover his medicals, expenses, uniform with everything from travel to food, the whole thing for an entire year, you can sponsor a fighter. So if if you want to um, donate something big, there's actual businesses that have done that or they've sponsored for an, for an entire year. Um, yeah. So I have that running and then per event. I don't, know, I don't know if that answered exactly your question, but I'm trying to remember what it's, um, what it's called when a sponsor has uh, a continual, someone that just, it's like it'll come to me what that's called, but uh, right now I'm just doing it per event. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. So let me ask you this: like when it comes to getting members in, um, let's talk about like the the gen pop side of things. What do you What have you guys done? You know, in terms of marketing, I, I definitely hear that you're in the community a lot. Um, <clears throat> so outside of that, like community engagement and networking. What do you do to get more people to your facility? I highlight uh, the training and the stories. Every boxer is a story. Every person that comes in our gym has a story. And I highlight that through social media. And I, I find good videographers. And we just keep it in the public's face. You know, boxing is something that people are interested in. And um, especially youth boxing, it seems to be really uh, popular now. Of course, Combat sports in general is kind of popular right now, but um, I feel like boxing is strong and people are interested in it. So having uh, a good marketing uh, game plan. So I have a, a graphic artist that can make graphics at any time, like a digital image when I have an event coming up. And let's say, let's say I need to make a poster in a day. I can message my graphic artist who will whip it up exactly what I want. I'll make the changes. And then, uh, then I'll have videographers come out and shoot when we do like sparring or events and then chop it up into like a 40 second, you know, chop it up into the best highlights of what we did. And then I'll blast that on social media and then I'll put your business right at the end of it and say, thanks for these guys for helping us out, you know, blast the business and then once other businesses see me showing out for them that's like that's like blood in the water and that's what I was trying to say before whenever you jumped in and I was going babbling I was just saying that my first sponsor like I learned that if I really showed out for them and and showed other people like thank you to these people for all your help and I keep saying that other people are more likely to help so being being I've done the LLC as a boxing club first and like I said that failed with COVID we we had to close down and then we reopened as a nonprofit, and it hasn't been very easy but it, it was a slow process about a year of paperwork and then 
me figuring out what the heck I was doing with the nonprofit. I didn't understand it for about a year. And now here we are a year into it, just starting to understand how to operate. And it, it's perfect for us. Cause like I told you, it's a community base, you know, like I'm, I'm bonding police officers and businesses and kids and everyone together at the boxing club. So it's a perfect place to do business. So I don't remember, I completely forgot about the first part. So initially you had like a for-profit business, like an LLC. Yeah, I did. I had an LLC and I was slinging, uh, you know, hoodies and t-shirts and doing everything. I was selling boxing gloves, everything I could do. The hard part was if you didn't have um, co-op dollars for advertising, when I came to you for a sponsor ask, you you would ask me for a tax a tax number and I would just say, we're just an LLC, you know, we're, I'm not going to give you a write-off. And people were confused by that because almost every person asked me, if I donate to your gym, do I get a write-off? I didn't understand. And I would say, well, you have advertising dollars. It's an advertising write-off. So each budget has advertising money. But <laughs> that's that's not always the case. Some some businesses don't have uh, advertising money or co-op money as I'm, as I'm understanding it. So do you think you would ever go back that route again? With the LLC? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if COVID hadn't happened, I could have kept it going. I think if that, I think, you know, having a, a gym without anyone in it for four months was just too hard on us. And with the overhead and everything still coming, still having to pay everything, but nothing coming in. Um yeah, that just that just took us out completely. And thankfully, I had already started the process because I was I wanted to try the nonprofit. Um, I think that if you're working with kids in in any fitness level, or you're working with the community, I think that and sometimes nonprofit might be the way to go for you if you can if you can uh, have a mission and you can execute it under your business plan. So what would you say that the benefits are of going nonprofit? Just give us like quick 60 seconds yeah. or less. Yeah, like giving people a tax write-off that they can turn in, you know, that they can give their tax people. It seems people seem a lot more likely to donate to me than they did before because we didn't we didn't have that. And everyone asked for it before. Now now I can give them a tax receipt. And that's, to me, that's the big difference. I got you. Well, Jake, talk to us a little bit about some of the goals. We're yeah. still in Q1 yeah, for sure. of for 2023. Sure. But, you know, business development side of things, like how do you want to see things continue to grow and develop? Well, um, my main focus and goal is to strengthen my team right at the middle, the the boxing team, and then to build the bond between them and the people around them, the community, and, you know, um, trying to get in with the parks and recreation and with the police department and all the different, all the different avenues that we have. Those are kind of my short-term goals. And then uh, eventually build a bigger bond that we can open a bigger place is a long-term goal. So I, I think just staying focused on, you know, working with each kid, you know, one punch at a time, Literally, I think that's that's the short term and getting better. And uh, just I feel like, um, you know, true luck is when opportunity and preparation come together. 
and uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for for any opportunity. So I like I'm that. I like I'm that. I'm basically just sit out in the water with my net ready, <laughs> you know, ready to catch anything that goes by or anyone that wants to look my way and say, "Damn, this guy is really helping the community." Yeah. And I know that if I just keep helping the community, even in the drier times, it'll you know it'll, it'll bear fruit later. Which I've experienced plenty of those, um, plenty plenty hard times and hardships and. I think that business owners need to make a deal with themselves that when they come to the those hard times, they know that they put themselves in that situation and they can also get through it. Yeah, very, very well said, man. So it's about time for us to wrap things up on this episode. But one more question for you before we sign yeah. out. Yeah, for real. Give our listeners like a piece of advice that you wish you would have had prior to starting your gym. <clears throat> well, um, my biggest piece of advice would be to volunteer or do some type of apprenticeship in the gym that you like to to open, something that's similar to the, the gym that you want to operate to get a clear understanding of what you're going to run up against. From a volunteer standpoint, you can um, freely absorb a lot of information that you couldn't learn any other way. You know, so I think that that's something that I did do but that's something I would encourage people is to just just learn more by being a volunteer at that particular business that would be my my like hack but um yeah and what I wished I would have done would probably be um you know I don't really regret it any of it looking back at all of it that my my deal as a boxing coach sometimes I uh I invest into people a lot and uh you know I'm a sucker for for people that are going through a lot of different things and sometimes people have taken advantage of my kindness where I let them train or I let them work out and things like that and I think looking back on it I wouldn't be so soft at the beginning I'm a lot harder now I don't take that shit now but at the beginning I let people train for free and I you know I just let things slide and people use me a lot but I just chalked it up to the game. Now it's like, no, nah, it don't work like that. Time is money. Let's go, you know? Okay, period. <laughs> Time is money. All right. Well, Jake, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, thank you. Um, we're Demet Brothers Boxing Club on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Uh, we're Dement Brothers in Bossier City, Louisiana, and you can check out www.dementbros.org for more information about us. Thank you for your time, and uh, thank you, Jim Lords and Amelia. I mean, Emily, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, thank you, man. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the show. Definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to continue to accomplish down the road. And to everybody who tuned into the, in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description. And as always, until next time, Jim Lawrence out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam. Today with me is the one from the sun, Mr. John, with F45 Palm Beach Gardens, F45 Jupiter, and F45 Midtown Miami. John, how are you today? Good. Can't complain here, Adam. Thank you. Excellent. I know I know the weather's got to be real nice out there right about now. Yeah, we got a, a little steamier even this weekend than we normally have, so I'd rather be warm than cold. So I, I agree. I agree. The humidity and... Humidity, not so much, but I'll definitely take the sun and heat. Exactly. So, yes, it's uh, it's 80 and sunny here, just, uh, you know, several hours north of you guys. So I can't complain either. Sounds perfect. Yes. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time on your day today. Appreciate it. So I'm going to jump right in and just go ahead and give our listeners a little background on yourself, you know, what you've done and how you got into F45. Yes. So uh, my work history is I was a trader on Wall Street many moons ago. I was there during 9-11, unfortunately, lived in Manhattan at the time. Uh, and I was always, at from that point on, really just an active gym member and, uh, you know, going to every gym and, you know, taking advantage. I was a, a heavy kid growing up, athletic but heavy. And, uh, you know, fitness is what got me, you know, in the right space and, and going forward. So I've been very active, you know, the past 30 years, uh, own multiple businesses after my Wall Street experience. And I've always am on the lookout for what's next, what's, a, what's the next trend. Um, and I came across fitness in, in my uh, research, very numbers oriented from my Wall Street days, obviously. Um, and really what got me interested in, in an F45 was I was working out in an Orange Theory, I want to say maybe six years ago, um, enjoyed it, uh, it was effective, you know, did it for around six months, and I like to run, but I like to run outside in Florida, I don't like to be inside, you know, facing a mirror, that was just me, um, but at the time when I was doing my research, I looked at how, how well Orange Theory was doing, and how they're popping up all over, and, you know, at that time, I want to say five, five and a half years ago, you know, there might have been 100 Orange Theories in the state of Florida, 18 in Palm Beach County, two within my town. So, you know, just the numbers of me was like, okay, well, they're doing very well. They started in Florida. So, you know, they, they got their start here. So I was looking at what's next. What's the next trend in fitness? Um, and I looked, in, I looked into a couple of other concepts at the time, all geared towards group boutique. Um, mostly in the hit space, uh, you know, the high intensity interval training type of workouts, um, circuit, you know, uh, boot camp, whatever you want to call it. 
and looked at other concepts and found things I didn't didn't really like 100% with some of these other concepts. And then when I came across that 45 in a roundabout way, what really sold me was their strength was these other concepts weaknesses. And when I say their strengths, I mean, they, you know, it's a workout, they all have workouts, but really what I felt separates F45 from the others is their programming, their technology and the TVs. Uh, so that really sold me on the product because I don't come from a training background. I'm a business owner. Um, I'm an active member, active owner. I'm here, um, but I'm not a trainer, which I think is good for me because it allows me to work on the business, not in the business. So um, that was where I come from. Uh, I've been in business and in leader of people throughout my whole life. So I'm very comfortable um, working as the owner, managing people. Um, I have three locations, so clearly I can't be at three places at once. I believe in hiring good people. Um, you get what you pay for. Uh, you know, and if you have good people running the show with you overseeing and being active, you know, you can really have a pulse on what's going on. Uh, so that's really kind of the history that I have in a brief way with, you know, F45 and getting involved with them, you know, at this point, it's almost up to five years when I first put down my deposits. Awesome, John, that's great. Um, and to the fact, you know, being active in the business versus or, or working on the business and being in the business versus like coaching, you know, that kind of gives you an opportunity to actually grow and, you know, do the right things and hire the people that can do the coaching and, you know, maybe, you know, you learn five or six things and, you know, from the coaches and, you know, whatever happens from there. I'm enough to, I, I'm sure I can be dangerous at least for a class or two and get through it, but you know, you don't want me long-term. I don't want to see people getting injured. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So from that perspective. Yeah. Coach Walker says, John, why are you letting that person do that overhead snatch? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing with the workouts. If, I say to people, did you like the workout? Great. You know, the program, did you not like the workout? I'm sorry. I had nothing to do with it. I have to, I have to run this program regardless. So, you know, it's kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so obviously with F45, you know, they're, you know, they have like their, their um, format layout, build out, all that kind of stuff, you know? So what's kind of like, you're in Palm Beach right now currently, right? Palm Beach Gardens. Yes. Yes. Palm Beach Gardens. Yeah. So let's focus on that one. Um, just for sake of, you know, the three, you know, what is the square footage of that one? And then about how many members roughly do you have? So this Palm Beach Gardens location, uh, it's about two months old. Okay. So it's relatively new. Uh, I bought this territory over four and a half years ago. And unfortunately, and this was the, I own two others. And I unfortunately had to close another one during Corona. Um, but this was, I bought the territories to open in Palm Beach Gardens first. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm very picky with the real estate. Unlike most, you know, they're always trying to save a buck. I have a formula. I stay within a certain square footage uh, in each of my locations. I stay within a certain rent range that I'm comfortable with. Um, and I'm just very, from my Wall Street days, very numbers oriented and black and white. And that's just me. Um, like I said, we've been open two months. We're doing very well for two months. 
I'm never satisfied. Um, but, you know, after two months, we're basically getting really close to my break even. And, you know, I, I see this Palm Beach Gardens location really taking off. I think it'll, it should be the best out of the three that I currently own. Excellent. Um, and then circling back around, like, like, what is the average square footage of each facility? So I range anywhere from, you know, my whole thing with F45 is I go into higher profile locations. So I don't like to have any type of square footage that's non-revenue producing square footage. Um, so my units all range from 2,000 to 2,400 square feet. F45, when I first got approved, you need to have, your gym floor needs to be a minimum square footage of 1,650 square feet. So like one of my locations is 1,655 square feet. One is, and I can get 36 people in that class on a strength day with all the equipment lined up. So for you know some of these owners, I wanna take out 3,000, 3,500. The business model really doesn't support it unless the rent is cheap. Yeah. So my, I go lean and mean in higher profile locations and that's my business model. Yeah, no, it's smart business model. You know, one of my, previous owners um in Oklahoma was the exact same way it was like 2400 square feet boom all the equipment you don't need a ton of space to gather around and do all the sort of stuff you know you don't need a gigantic huge front desk you know our desk was like you walk in there was a desk and a chair and that was it in my other two locations there is no desk whatsoever we just welcome you in this location Palm Beach Gardens that I'm currently at we have a beautiful little reception area because it's not something I put in, it's something I inherited because I took over a failed I Love Kickboxing location. So I kept the good stuff, but I wouldn't have put it in. Yeah. Sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was there. You might as well take advantage of it, give it a little nice sprinkle of uh, delight. Exactly. Awesome, man. And then, um, so with F45's business model, you know, I'm semi-familiar with, you know, not like the intricate side of things, the business side of things um, per se, but, you know, as far as like a, a break-even re return on uh, investment, you know, where, you know, what's the current member base? Where would you like to be in the upcoming months to be able to kind of start profiting? Yeah. So really depending on the membership base, depending on what you're charging, you know, so there's other owners out there that are charging a lot less than me. Um, you know, what we, we try to, we believe in the product. We believe it's better than what we believe it's the best, you know, mass, you know, group boutique class you could take if there was only one class you can take. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we price it that way. You know, we price it as a, a group workout. You're going to get a personal workout in a group setting. So that's how we sell it. Um, you know, and my, my, my prices range anywhere from like 189 to 250 in all my locations. Um, you have other owners selling it for 129. So, you know, they got to get how many more members just to get what I have. Um, yep. see, my break-evens in my business model with my rents, you know, are all in that $30,000 a month range to my break-even. Rent, labor, royalties, mm -hmm. marketing. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, everybody gets paid but me, basically, at this point. Um, you know, so, yes. So now we're at the point where, um, you know, even like I said to my staff, you know, in three weeks from now, I was closed three years ago. 
for Corona when it first came. It's been three years. Um, you know, people don't realize. Uh, I unfortunately had to close one. Uh, I did everything I could to survive to hopefully emerge where we are now, where I finally see a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I explained to my staff, this is actually the first first quarter in three years that it hasn't been Corona affected yeah. in people's minds. Um, so now's the time. Like, I got to stop the bleeding, which we have, making a few dollars. Um, but now, you know, we're trending in all three locations, you know, pre-corona like let's start really cranking um, yeah like like the the bleeding has uh since then scabbed over and it's not time to heal and you know kind of make new again no exactly and you know just to give you perspective um i had my first gym in jupiter which is three miles up the road from where i am in palm beach gardens right now we were open about 15 months before corona came and giving people a good show from day one do, doing a good job and we went from 220 members at that time to 60 overnight. And they didn't come back for two plus years, these people. Yeah. A lot. I mean, we slowly grew. You know, everybody felt like Florida was the Wild West. And like, because you were able to do stuff in Florida, things were great. No, we were all affected. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just that in the Northeast and other pockets, they scared the bejesus out of you, if anything, you know. So, we all got affected. It's just, I was able to stay open. Now, I don't know if that was good. Maybe we should have been forced to close and maybe it would have been better for us to have our hands in our pocket and get out, take more PPP and more funding. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I saw that gym go from what it went to, to 60 members. And we had, we built up a reputation there. By the same token, I opened up another gym in, in Coral Springs at the time. We opened up three weeks before Corona came. Didn't start with the foundation members that I was happy with, um, but I saw that based upon where we started and based upon what, what, what happened to transpire in Jupiter, that this was probably gonna take years to get off the ground. And I had other locations ready to go and I conscientiously basically closed that location to stop the arm that was bleeding before it could affect the whole body. So we closed that one. Luckily, I was able to get approval from F45 corporate that because the equipment was relatively brand new and barely used, yeah. uh, I was able to basically strip the place, put all that equipment in storage, for when I was opening my Midtown Miami location within, you know, six months, uh, instead of going out of pocket for paying for a lot of overpriced equipment in my studio. So I lost a lot of money, but at least I saved a little bit of money, you know, by, by getting them to approve that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, saving anything is better than, you know, having to start all the way from scratch and, you know, the whole equipment package and, everything that comes with it you know that if you guys have what sledgehammers kettlebells bikes uh herbs you know rowers i mean yeah. you know it's 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 you know it's a bunch of equipment but you know between me and you it's marked up to the point where it's it's ridiculous i mean uh, you know and you got to take i've been involved in franchise concepts in the past not fitness related um there's a good and bad 
with every one of them to a point. Yep. Uh, you know, the good with F45 is the product. You know, the bad is there's a lot of dysfunction and that's why, you know, half of their staff has been let go. So they're cleaning up a lot of the back end nonsense that I've known since day one because they basically were an Australian company that came to the United States and thought that just because it worked in Australia, you know, there's supposedly an F45 on every corner, like Starbucks and McDonald's down there. Oh, man. But here in America, we have a lot more competition. So I knew from day one, they didn't know what this, they, they were just trying to bring over an Australian concept without Americanizing it, without Americanizing the marketing. Yeah. This is in Australia. So, um, you know, they seem to be going in the right direction now, thank God. Um, but me and the other owners that are pretty involved and pretty active, we really didn't feel the need, outside of the programming, I don't, you know, I got to make this work regardless of the corporate support or not. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that we just do and we put our head down and uh, we focus on getting our members regardless. And, you know, that's where we're at right now. Awesome. Um, so, you know, from, you know, like Jupiter and Midtown Miami and everything, you know, what, with your business model, you know, what member base do you have to get to, to kind of get to that break-even point? Is it you know, 150 members? Is it 200? Yeah, I would say it's more in the 175 to 180 range based upon what I'm charging. Okay. That gets me to that level. Um, you know, we also get a lot of drop-in revenue traffic. We are in South Florida. So, I mean, we're always getting people from all over. Oh, yeah. Um, at all three of my locations, I get a lot of, they're, they're good. Look, I opened up in high-income territories. We charge a lot of money. I personally, you know, purposely went to higher incomes. When I opened my locations, I really just looked at criteria of three things. Income levels within the five-mile range or whatever it is, density within that five-mile range, and then I try to find the right plaza. That's it. I don't deviate. I don't try to, a lot of the other owners I see, they try to, you know, save a couple thousand in rent. Um, I believe that extra rent that I'm paying in is, is notoriety, eyeballs, and it's marketing. So I try to get this high-profile locations as I can. Uh, I so picky that I waited four plus years to open up the one I originally wanted to open up first. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to follow my own model that seems to be working or was working before Corona and hopefully it's going to continue to work now. Right. Yeah. Just, it's just a few band-aids and hiccups and, you know, um, so Palm Beach Gardens, you mentioned is, is about two months old, you know, where, you know, in respect to that 175, 180 member mark, where, where are you currently? Basically at around 155 to 160. So I'm, yeah, I, like I said, it's, you know, within two months, you know, luckily when I first opened Jupiter, you know, four and a half years, four years ago, whatever, I was profitable there really after 30 days, um, which was great. Uh, Midtown Miami took a little bit longer to get there, probably about a good six months. Uh, and, you know, gardens within their third month should you know, get there and probably maybe I can make a few dollars next month. Yes. So, um, you know, based upon my projections, I really feel like this Palm Beach Gardens one 
we'll get to a number faster than the other ones did. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, obviously the other studio is a little bit older. Palm Beach Gardens is a little newer, you know, with the three, what's kind of like, you know, you, your main goal as a whole with, you know, the studios, obviously you want them to be successful and, you know, to generate profit for, you know, your staff and yourself. Um, what's kind of like, like big picture for you when it comes to the facilities? I mean, big picture for me is obviously growing them to a certain number. That's, you know, I have a business model and, you know, I didn't do this and put up all this money to just make a few dollars. So, you know, like I said, I've taken a lot of pain over the years at this point, but, um, you know, I'm a worker. I believe in just putting my head down and, you know, we're always trying, you know, if something's working, we're going to, we're going to drive it and we're going to put our foot on the pedal and we're going to keep going with it when something doesn't work we try something else. Yeah. You know, you know, we, you, you, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I'm always willing to try. And yeah. you know, if there's something that's working for somebody else, I'll try to incorporate and see if it works for me. Um, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just, you know, believe in, you know, being very customer service friendly, uh, creating a vibe in the gyms, keeping them clean because my staff all knows in all my locations you literally can do this F45 workout at any location. It's the same workout everywhere, okay? It's beamed in. So really what separates it is your trainers, the vibe, doing the right thing, and just doing it every day. And that's the hard part. You know, how, how do you bring that energy and that every day? So, you know, that's really what we focus on. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, re reinventing the wheel is kind of, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Correct. Correct. Awesome. So I, again, with, with your business model, you know, member wise, you know, Jupiter and Midtown have been open a little bit longer. What's like the, the strategic number of members to, you know, to where you want to get to or where it's going to be comfortable for you? I mean, in an ideal world, you know, I don't, I know each location is a little different. Yeah. So really with my Palm Beach Gardens location, I feel like I should be at 300 members minimum in a, in a year, hopefully. Um, my Jupiter location, I'll take 250 in six months. You know, I'm, I'm a little higher member wise there. I'm probably in the 195 to 200 range currently. Okay. So if I can get that 250 figure, I'd be happy there and want to grow from there. Um, and then my Midtown Miami is a very similar, you know, getting to 250, I'm probably like 210 right now. And then let's get to 300. Um, obviously, Miami, my, my demographics are a little different in each location. Uh, Jupiter is more family oriented. So I have a mix of, you know, people from, eight, you know, 16 to 60. Um, my Palm Beach Gardens location is trending younger. And my Midtown Miami territory, I'm by far the oldest guy that works out in that gym. <laughs> everybody's i mean beautiful in shape 25 to 35 no children but they all have dogs yep nothing wrong they, with all, that. they all live in the high rises where the territory is and they all walk to the gym so it's definitely a little bit different everywhere but you know the product is the product that is right the product's the product and you know if it works it works people are going to come to it and you just got to deliver the product and we try to deliver in all three locations yeah, absolutely. So 
with the product, you know, let's kind of dive into, you know, like lead generation, you know, obviously Palm Beach Gardens, just in general, I keep just wanting to say Palm Beach, but Palm Beach yeah. Gardens is, uh, you know, it's newer, out of pre-sale, things like that. There's, there's general um, word of mouth going around, things like that. But, you know, what's kind of like the driver behind getting the leads into the door? You know, initially F45, when you open every new location, they hold you to a $25,000 grand opening marketing spend over the course of like four months to generate foundation members. It's effective to a point, um, you know, we've been through it before. We've, I've done the ongoing, you know, paid advertisement, social media guys that are running it. Um, to me, over the course of my last four and a half years, I've been through a lot of those vendors because I just feel like it's a hit or miss. Yeah. I feel like they all just throw stuff in the air and hopefully it sticks to the wall. Um, so that being said, now that I'm done with my grand opening spend in, in gardens, I'm shifting my whole marketing strategy and we've been in the process of doing it. Yeah. More guerrilla, more guerrilla marketing, more event driven, more partnership driven, more getting in front of people and more having those conversations. And we're, we're, we're gaining a good amount of momentum now in each location with that thought process. We'll do our own little boost and spend a little on the social media on our own, but I'm not spending $1,500 to $2,000 in each location anymore. I don't see the return. If I saw the return, I'd keep driving it. Yes. So, you know, we're always, we're always trying, but I really believe in the more you're out there, the more you're visible. Obviously, it's the whole seven touches before they come in, if not more. Um, you know, so that's really where we're at now. Yeah, I, I appreciate the honesty. You know, it you know, coming from, I've been in Orange Theory for seven plus years and uh, I, I do like that 45 workout. Actually, I've tried it and I think it's very strength oriented versus more cardio based oriented. Yeah. And I think a lot of people need that from, you know, other like boutique style fitness and stuff like that and nothing against anybody else, but, you know, there's strengths and weakness, there's strengths and weaknesses within each, within each product, if that makes sense. Exactly. That's a hundred percent. Yes. There's pros and cons of everything. And, you know, it's just the lay of the land. Yeah, like, and I even, the way I describe that 45 to people when they're asking, inquiring for the first time, um, I kind of tell them it's a hybrid in between orange theory for your cardio with no treadmills and CrossFit without heavy lifting, getting injured or running in the street. So that's where I kind of position it in the, in between that, you know, middle, middle ground in a way. I also position it, you know, I have plenty of more female driven at orange theory. We all know that percentage wise. Um, but I have a lot of women that, you know, they like running on a treadmill. They like going to cycle bar for their cardio or, or whatever it is, but they're not getting, like you said, they're not getting that strength component, especially, yeah. they, especially these women that get older, you know, they need for their bone density and things of that nature. So I tell them, Hey, you could keep doing your cardio wherever you want to do your cardio, but you need to come here on Tuesday, Thursday, and Sundays, which are our strength based days, mm -hmm. you know? So it's effective, you know, if I'm not trying to take somebody to come every day if they like doing something else, but we try to fill the holes where we see for others. Absolutely. It's, you know, I don't like to use this word because other people use this word, but it makes sense. It's, it's like a multivitamin, right? It's, you know, you, you eat food, you get nutrients, but you're not getting all of the nutrients. There, there's those micronutrients that you need to to keep going and to keep healthy. And it's like, you can do like the cardio and you know, the things like that, but it's like 
for really like, you know, structure of the musculature and things like that, you have to have resistance training. Yes. Yes. You know, thankfully I'm, I'm older now. Uh, maybe I'm wiser. I don't really know, but I'm, you know, I'm 51 years old. I had a hip replacement surgery actually three months ago and I'm back to normal. And at 51, I'm actually in the best shape of my life. So, I mean, you know, I attribute it to being active. I attribute a lot of it to F45. I happen to love the workouts. I do them every day if I can, or most days. Um, yeah. And I feel like it gives me a leg up in the fact that I know what the members are experiencing. And wow, this one really was hard to, you know, whatever it is. Um, I can relate to the workouts. I can relate to the trainers and, and everything that's going on by just being here, taking the workouts. The other thing is too, um, I don't think it's a big deal, but a lot of people obviously like seeing the owner present. Um, they like working out with the owner in the gym. Yep. And I'm very, my staff at all the locations, they kind of call me rain man because I remember names, faces, phone numbers of members of all three locations. Um, kind of bizarre, but yeah, I'm really good at that. And honestly, if I'm, it's a good strength to have, cause I'm not good at that, that many things. So, um, you know, to, to tell any member, you know, uh, greet them with their first name, or if they say their first name and they're meeting me for the first time and I'll then throw out their last name, they're like, wow, how do you know that? You know, so um, just try to be active and involved. Yeah, I think that that skill specifically comes, you know, over time, you know, it, for me, that's one thing that I enjoy. I used to work at five studios in Arizona and it was like, how in the world do you keep track of five different members' names? And it, you just, you make the connection, you be in the studio and you, you, oh yeah, I remember, you know, yeah, I know you Jane and Jim and Joe. And so. And when you're the owner, you take a little more stock and inventory of everything. So yes, you do. That's right. Kind of, kind of like that uh, retention and, you know, ascension and whatnot. So, you know, um, back to, like, to the marketing thing and things, you know, um, apologies for having, you know, not necessarily the right return or the return that you would expect for your model. You know, a lot of gym owners will say that they'll try, you know, several different things. And the consensus is that, yes, marketing companies and so on and so forth will say, oh, we can promise you this, this, and this, and this. And then it's like, okay, all right, cool. Show me. Three months goes by. Yeah, no, you're out. Right. Right. Yeah. Been, uh, there, been there, done that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it also, it's, it's funny, you know, it's kind of like the ex-girlfriend. It's like, you got a bad relationship. It's not like you're never not going to date again and meet another girl. So it's just kind of like one of those things where, you know, you, yeah, you get, you get burned once, but you know, you, you get wise and, you know, so on and so forth. Hopefully I learned from my mistakes. If I don't, then I'm, I'm the mistake. How's that? You know, so that's how I feel. Fair assessment. Absolutely. Um, well, John, uh, a few more things for you, you know. Uh, we talked big picture, we talked some leads, some marketing, things like that, you know, on a, on an average basis, you know, mo- like week over week, month or month, depending on, you know, what, how you track your numbers and things like that, you know, what would say, what would you say is the current, you know, lead count of how many new people are walking in through your door that are actually, you know, looking to potentially get a membership um, or F45 does, they, they do packages, right? They don't do like a monthly membership or no, we do monthly, we do monthly unlimited, you know, my pricing at each location runs anywhere from with a, no contract 250 to, you know, contracts, depending on length of time, 
like a low of 189. Yeah. Um, I do have, you know, some discounts for teachers and first responders and stuff like that. Cause I believe in giving back, you know, to, to the good peeps, yep. uh, you know, so in that regard, um, we do that. We also do packs, drop-ins in Florida, because we also have a lot of people transiently that are in and out two, two weeks out of every month. Yeah. I'll put them on, I'll put them on weekly passes um, and things of that nature. They're going to pay a little bit more, but it, it gives them the flexibility. Right. And, you know, Florida is very um, dense and there's, there's a lot of income in Florida and even more so now the last two years than you know, the last, you know, let's say 10 years. Um, but yeah. to, the point, my, the, to clarify my question, it's like how many leads are coming in your door currently on like a weekly or monthly basis? I would say currently at each location, well, they range, I would say from, you know, 10 to hopefully 20 currently on a weekly basis. Um, you know, and it, to me, it's, it's, it's a numbers game in that the product's a great product. We just got to get them in the door, you know? So if we get 20 people in there, we're going to close over 50% of them. Yeah. If not more, I mean, the number could be 70 to 80 at times, um, you know, within the F45 platform, if they come a third time, your chances of closing them are 80%. So, you know, it's really just a numbers game and just getting more people in the door to close more people. Yep. And then with F45's business model and, you know, I guess your business model inside of F45, is there opportunities for maximizing in-studio revenue as far as like, you know, I, I don't know what restrictions are with F45, but like nutritional programs or one-off PT or anything like that? Or is it strictly you do the classes, Hollywood? I, I think there's some other ones in there. Yes. Uh, you know, we are a group fitness gym. Yeah. Um, yes, we do. There is some nutrition components. We do, you know, these F45 challenges throughout the year where, you know, people are, are joining. Uh, we give them body scans. We give them nutrition calls on a weekly basis. Some take advantage of it. Some don't. But the ones that are taking advantage of it are seeing better results. Um, you know, so we give we do the challenges. We do the body scans. Uh, you know, we sell some merchandise. Uh, you know, my I would love to. Um, I wish I could offer private personal training in the off hours that were not that were not working. You right. know, at forty five. What I do is a one off uh, for my staff that are personal trainers at each location. I tell them if they want, they can utilize the gym in the off hours, and I don't charge them. Um, that's my way of keeping people happy. Um, you know, so um, I would like to do. I wish I could do more of the personal training or even the small group classes. Yeah. I have this high-end Pilates studio right next door to me in Palm Beach Gardens that they charge up to $300 a month. They have 11 beds in them. They're sold out for the week. They have a 24-hour cancellation policy. So if you see an empty bed, it's paid for. And I see them throughout their off hours doing privates and small group classes. They're doing great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I trust me. They're doing great. Um, and they've been here and they've been here 10 years. So that tells you something. Um, no, that's something that I wish I could offer. Um, you know, so truthfully, when a lot of other gym owners call me or they're asking, like, you know, can you make how much can you make in merchandise? How can you make? 
I mean, my, my main driver is members. I mean, I'm going to sell a $20 t-shirt or I want a member paying $200. So that's really what our focus is. Um, I wish I could offer other products or other things. And we do a few things, but it, it pays for a few bills. Um, it's yeah. not really, it's not making a difference if that makes sense. No, absolutely. hundred um, percent. So, you know, again, for the second time, you know, your sales process, you know, wh where is, is every, like, obviously you're probably not selling or are you selling? Oh, I can close anybody. <laughs> and listen, I, I'm active. And if I, if I'm there, yes, I'm going to try to close them. Um, I don't need to close them. We, we, you know, I trained my staff. We, I actually, um, was fortunate enough, you know, that 45 performance manager in the area, um, came and did a special seminar, just extra training, sales training with my staff three weeks ago on a Saturday. Excellent. Where we went through, um, you know, situations we, you know, we, we went through like whatever rebuttals you can get, whatever, you know, and it, it was good for the whole staff and we have a process and everything else um, going forward um, where everybody's kind of in, in line. Um, you know, the training is, you know, you get them in, you walk, you know, there's a way of walking them through the studio. There's a way of, we try to find out as much as we can about each member. Um, I ask as many questions as I can when I come across that person. Um, we take photos of everybody. So we all know who that person is when they come back. Uh, yeah, and the sales process is, you know, they come in, they come for that first class. We talk to them about the programming, how certain days are cardio, certain days are strength. And we try to book them throughout the week as much as we can. Because um, if you can get that commitment from them, like I said before, if they come that third time within, within the week, you have an 80% chance of closing. So very numbers driven. That's, that's where my strength is, I guess. No, that's right. That's, you know, that's, you know, the same way we are over here. It's a, you know, you measure numbers and that's how you grow. And, you know, if there needs to be implementation of maybe some training tactics, you know, that's, that's where you do it. Yep. And we can always improve. I don't have all the answers myself. So there's definitely, even within that meeting on the Saturday, a few weeks past, there were plenty of things I learned and I've been in sales my whole life. So you know, I always say you're selling every day, no matter what you're doing. So um, that is a very uh, Grant Cardone-ish thing to say. Yes. You're selling no matter what. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, my favorite uh, movie growing up, or one of them was Glengarry Glenn Ross. I don't know if you ever saw it, but it was an, about salespeople and an old man salespeople, but you learn a lot from it. It is. It is. I uh, always watching, you know, different types of, you know, the boiler room, the Wolf of Wall Streets, the, yeah. the Belforts, the, you know. Yep. And I worked at some of those in Wall Street. So I understand it completely. Yeah, you do. You do. Well, well, awesome, John. Uh, last two things here, and we'll get wrapping up is first and foremost, if somebody was to start their own fitness entrepreneurship journey, you know, F45, Orange Theory, a regular box gym, you know, something from scratch, what words of advice would you give somebody to get started? First of all, you got to do your research. You know, everybody thinks, you know, a lot of these franchises or concepts, you know, they, they're sales machines. You know, F45 is, is one of the best sales machines that there are, you know, but you have to support, support them too. So my first thing is you got to do research. You got it. When I look into all these concepts, I've owned other franchises over the years, some good, some bad. Mm -hmm. 
I've called multiple, multiple owners. I want to hear the good, bad, and ugly. I'll call the guy that's making a lot of money. I'll call the guy that's not making any money. And I want to hear, you know, strengths and weaknesses and what works for them and what doesn't work for them. So to me, the research is one thing. You really got to, you got to, you got to look into the, the company you're aligning with because they're supposed to be your partner. Then you got to do your research on where you think, you know, it would be best suited. Um, like, like I said before, you know, I'm not Planet Fitness where my membership is 10 to $25. You know, I could open those anywhere. Right. Uh, this product, we command a premium price. So I go where people have more incomes. Um, you know, so you got to do research like that. And you got to know what, what the customer is, what the concept is, is what I would say. That makes sense. Absolutely. You got, you got to know the demographic. You got to know all the ins and the outs. You got to know the, the, the real estate there. You got to know, you know, how is the population growing? Is it staying? Is it shrinking? Um, you can't just buy into the franchise and take 100% of everything they say. Is basically what I'm saying. Smart words, smart words. Appreciate that. Um, well, thank you, John. And then last thing, you know, obviously, you know, you have three F45 locations. You know, how can everybody reach out to you? What, what's the websites, the Instagrams, the Facebooks? Yeah, so on all of our locations, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, uh, you know, Jupiter, uh, Jupiter F45 training, Palm Beach Gardens F45 training, Midtown Miami F45, Midtown Miami F45 training. Um, my staff in all locations are very social media driven. We're taking videos, we're doing reels, we'll do them with every class, all locations, um, you know, just to drive content, uh, things of that nature. So people, when they go on those sites, they see what we're about. Um, it's just trying trying to get as much out there as possible. Uh, and, you know, I'm not really good with the social media because I'm older at this point. So I, I, I say I let all the kids do it because they're much faster, better and everything else. My staff doesn't even want me taking pictures of the group in front of the F45 sign. So, um, you know, I know my strengths and weaknesses. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate that, John. For everybody out there listening, uh, you know, if you're in the Florida area, A, the weather's beautiful, a little hot, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, Palm Beach Gardens, Jupiter Midtown. If you're in any of those areas, go check out John's F45s. They're bound to determine to get you, you know, the strengths and things that you need. Um, and most importantly, if anybody out there, you know, if this story inspired you to want to, you know, come on the show and talk about your perspective on the fitness industry, feel free to click on the link below, type in your information, and we'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords, out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.